Hi, welcome to this episode of Adventures in Bad Parenting and Other Weird Stories. I'm sorry that I haven't posted in a while. I don't have any real good excuse other than I kind of wonder if anybody wants to hear these stories. I even tried to do some stand-up comedy for the first time ever in a bar and shared a lot of my stories, and I think people in that bar were very nice, but not all that amused. You know what? I enjoy telling these stories, so I'm going to keep on doing it. I'm calling this episode what I did on my Christmas vacation and other stuff too, where I'm just going to tell you a bunch of random weird things that happened while I wasn't podcasting for the past, I don't know, six months or whatever. Here we go. Chapter one, you eat what we eat. In Wyoming, we kind of have our own little world sometimes, and we don't always know what's going on outside of it. But the one place where we get a window into what's happening in the rest of this country, aside from uh, YouTube or whatever, is when tourists come. And so I'm up at a hotel. I got sent to Sheridan, Wyoming for work. And this guy was taking a long time to check into the hotel. And he keeps like just asking all these questions that he could just Google. But he's bothering the poor girl behind the counter about all this stuff. And then he said, do you have any really good pizza places? And the answer she gave him was the best answer in Wyoming history. We need to give her a medal. What she said was, um, Pizza Hut? And it just made me so happy because at some point our country lost its mind. Like, you know the Donner Party? You know how they got really hungry and they ate each other? That used to be American grit. Like, you got hungry, you ate, you know, your brother or whoever, you know. Hopefully it was like just someone else in your wagon train. But if you got bad enough, you know, you, you ate your brother or sister. You remembered the times they had made you mad as a kid. And you ate them. Now people are like, oh, I can't eat anything with gluten or organic, blah, blah, blah. No, no. That girl, that young woman told him across the counter of uh, her workstation, her place of duty here in the in the cowboy state. She said, um, Pizza Hut. Why? Because if he eats Pizza Hut, you know what's going to happen? He's going to get full. Okay? <laughs> it doesn't matter. At a, probably a third of the price of the expensive places. So deal with it. And what I thought was funny is Mr., you know, like, oh, how dare she admit that she likes Pizza Hut. Um, When he was done being shocked, he, you know, checked in and went to his hotel room. And you know what? I was tempted to go knock on his door and be like, hey, sir, I'm going to the Pizza Hut if you want to ride. (laughs) I was tempted to knock on his door and be like, hi, it's Pizza Hut. He wasn't staying that far from me, and I wanted to like listen and see if he ordered Pizza Hut on his phone and got it brought to the room. But anyway, I, I just am thankful for that young woman and the example she set. Speaking of being terrified to eat everything, I took my kids to the Day of the Dead celebration, just because, you know, it doesn't really matter what your holidays are. If it's an excuse to get out of the house, especially for free, you'll do it. Anyway... I took my kids, and there was a woman selling cupcakes at the Day of the Dead celebration, because apparently dead people in cupcake. I don't know. Anyway. But I said to her, so do you get a lot of people that say, hey, do you have any cupcakes without gluten? You know, because cake, the name is in the title. But apparently people are like, oh, no, gluten. Anyway, I asked this lady about that, and she said, yeah, we get people that come in and ask uh, if we have gluten-free cupcakes. And I was like, so what happens? Do you like have a substitute? She's like, no, we just say no. And then they go ahead and buy a half dozen or a dozen cupcakes. <laughs> Despite their fears about gluten. I'm like, yeah, funny how that works. How is it that like even in the Bible, it talks about people eating bread. They ate bread. They broke bread. And none of them were ever like, boy, I, I sure wish I had something else to eat. My tummy hurts a little. No, it didn't happen. At what point did we go from eating each other 
to being afraid about gluten. And and at what point did everyone decide they got sick because they had uh, had some Roman meal there? Shout out to Miss Cupcake and to Miss Desk Lady at the hotel. Y'all are both good people, and I hope you keep up the good fight, um, putting the fancy pants in their place. You eat what we eat. All right, my next story from while I was gone. Chapter 2, Ugly Kids. Over the holiday, we went to one of those places where people uh, play indoors, like children mostly play indoors. The adults kind of sit there and eat. Anyway, we went to one of those kind of places. The rules were if you were sitting down, you didn't have to wear a mask. So I just took a seat and took off my mask and was breathing like I like to do. And I had made the mistake of sitting at the end from the end of this really long slide in one of these indoor jungle gym places. And this kid like slides down to the end of the slide and then he just sits on the end of the slide and he just starts eyeballing me. He has these weird, you know, just eyes. Like he's just burrowing to my soul with his creepy little eyes. And I, you know, take it as a threat. I'm like, this kid wants to fight. So I stared back at him. I'm like, come on, punk. And um, then he like got up and, and walked away. And then I was like, you better walk away. Yeah, go to your mom with her sippy cup and her purse. But this reminded me of a time in my life when I was at a holiday gathering, a different holiday gathering, and I was kind of bored and kind of distracted. And um, I heard myself ask aloud, again, there's a lot of people in this room, they're all playing card games or something. It was like New Year's or something. And I said, how do I tell someone if they have a really ugly kid? And my friend's wife, the one that told my kid he needed to wash his hands after he went to the bathroom, she laid down some more wisdom on our family uh, that day. What she said to me was, you don't. Game, set, and match. Yeah, I, I think she was right. But I pretended to like not be sure about that. And I was like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you don't say that to people. This reminded me of another time in the past when I drove all the way to Montana to hang out with this girl. It was, you know, before I was married, of course. She told me how she was a cashier at a grocery store, like, during the summer. And she said that she always just tried to be really nice to people. And whenever she saw, like, a baby or a kid, she'd always compliment them. She said she wasn't paying a lot of attention. She was checking out this lady's items. And she said, oh, that's a beautiful baby. And the mom of this little kid got all excited and was like, thank you. And my friend looked up from checking out this lady's items and saw the baby. And it was an ugly baby. It was a really ugly baby, apparently. And she felt like a liar because she just said that. And the woman that owned the baby um, was like almost in tears because apparently she didn't get told that's a lovely baby too often. She kind of got, oh, you, you had a baby, you know, which is how I respond to everyone, cute or ugly. I'm just like, oh, you have a child. Eh. I thought it was funny that my friend was trying to be a nice person, but even she got caught in her lies that day. Next chapter, fun with hunting. If it's not apparent already, I'm just a barrel of monkeys to be around. I am a lot of fun. And for some reason, these guys invited me to go goose hunting with them. So I was like, this is great. And I'm going to read you the text message I sent to those guys about going goose hunting. If we don't go and kill those geese, they'll come down into our communities, force themselves upon our wives, and carry our children off as slaves to their evil goose kingdoms. What makes the grass grow? Red, red, goose blood. Um, I'm surprised after sending a text like that, they still wanted me to go. And I texted back, I don't have any camo. No, really. I gave it to my buddies when I got out of the army. Does that matter? Because I always see like guys looking like they're going to war whenever they go to hunt. So I was like, maybe I need camo. 
And they're like, no, it doesn't matter. And then I sent a picture of Borat wearing, you know, the green one piece thong mankini. And I said, I usually wear this when I go hunting. Is that cool? And they said, yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Then I texted them back and I said, a little bird told me all of the birds from the cast of Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds, Big Bird from Sesame Street, Woody Woodpecker, and most of the penguins from March of the Penguins will be there to try to determine once and for all who will rule over this people. This isn't just about us. This is about us and our children's children. Do you want them to live in a world where they wake up covered in bird poop being forced to bow down to false idols of penguin from Batman? I say unto you, nay. Some of us will die. Most of us will. But I regret only having one life to give in the bloody pursuit of those winged perverts and their sick pagan ways. Amen. And my friend texted, yeah, now I'm pumped up. And I texted, kill, kill, kill. And then I texted, I hate animals. Whenever I go into the woods, I can hear them laughing at me, reading my innermost thoughts. Usually, I just run through the woods so I don't catch their nightmares. But tomorrow, the only running I will do will be straight into their lines and deliver a mighty death blow to all they have ever known or loved so that I can cry freedom and drink their coppery blood. My buddy said, okay, I'm bringing you some jelly beans from Colorado. And then I texted back, I think my fear and hatred for animals started after I saw the show on TV where some good Christian souls adopted some chimpanzees, and then on the chimp's birthday, they're flipping birthdays as these people went to bring them their special chimpanzee birthday cakes. The chimps mauled one dude, blinded him, bit off his nose, and completely destroyed him. Anyhow, as those chimps laugh about their depravity, we'll leave one goose alive to fly to them and tell them what we have done to the animals that attempt to come into our state and commit their heinous acts. If you aren't ready to smear goose blood on your faces like war paint, please watch this video and it'll change your mind. And I sent them the video I'd seen. Considered a training film. Then I texted him another thing I found on the internet. It says, I do have some good news, though. According to this article, we are, quote, about to make one in six species extinct, end quote. That means we only have to be afraid of five out of six species anymore. We're winning the war, boys. Good news from the front. After all that, those guys are good guys. They still took me goose hunting. And apparently the goose read my text because none of them even got close to us. Like none of them came down. They stayed far, far away from me. And uh, that's the way I like it. Next chapter, fun with art. So my little girl likes to draw baby Yoda and she wanted help drawing a baby Yoda and I didn't know how to do that so I just went on YouTube and it was for real it was really nice these guys were showing people how to draw baby Yodas and I'm like here watch this and she's like well will you do it with me like kids do and I was like okay I'll try so I sat next to her and we slowly like let the guy show us how to draw a baby Yoda and it's weird because usually kids don't like me I'm not sure why. My daughter seemed to like this. You know, I was like, okay, so this is good. I'm, I'm being a good father. I'm drawing with my daughter. She's happy. And then she looked at my baby Yoda and she took the paper away from me and started to draw like little round brown things under the baby Yoda. And I'm like, oh gosh, what are those? And she looked at me and then drew an arrow and pointed it at, you know, the round brown things and wrote P-O-O-P. And then she scribbled over my baby Yoda. (laughs) She wasn't playing any games. You needed to know that uh, my baby Yoda was not as good as hers, apparently. (laughs) So that, that, that was fun. Incidentally, if you've never been home with your kids over Christmas break, I'm not. My wife is, but I I go to work whether they need me there or not. But uh, if you've ever been home, like after a while, you just start to go crazy crazier than just the weekends when your kids drive you crazy. This is several days of being driven crazy by your children. I'm telling you, I am so lonely and 
frustrated and sort of bored, if you can believe that, that like a guy could pull up in a windowless van onto our lawn, knock on the door. I look through the window. He's wearing a hockey mask and carrying a machete. And I would like throw open the door and be like, hey, you're here. I don't even know the guy, but I'm just thankful he's not a child. Okay, I will invite whoever into the house so I am no longer outnumbered by the children. And I'm sure me and Mr. Hockey Mask somewhere will find something in common to talk about uh, that doesn't involve Disney princesses or some weird YouTube theory. All right, next chapter, Christmas movies. If you go onto YouTube and Google In God We Trust, The Rest Pay Cash by Gene Shepard, you can actually listen to Gene Shepard read the story that inspired... Um, the movie, The Christmas Story, and it's a lot of fun. It's funny, as a kid, you know, the dad just scared the crap out of me. Like, he just seemed like this grumpy, angry man that cussed at furnaces and cussed at dogs and had a fetish for for plastic lamp legs, and he was just spooky. But the thing is, you know, I probably saw that when I was like six or eight. Now that I'm 40 and I watch that, the man, the old man, is the one guy I identify with in the whole film. Like, he's just this grumpy old man that's just trying to make it through the movie, make it through life. You know, he gets a bowling ball dropped on his crotch at Christmas, and he's just like, oh, thanks a lot. You know, he just he just puts up with it. Well, he gets a can of Simon Eyes, which if you don't know what that is, apparently it's car wax. And, you know, what a crap gift. It basically says, hey, your car looks bad. Go go clean that. And he just, oh, a can of Simon eyes. And then, finally, he says, didn't I get any socks this year? Which, when you're a kid getting socks, it's like, you know, getting flipped off for Christmas. It's not fun. You're not happy about it. But as an old man, guess what I got this Christmas? Socks. Didn't ask for them. So happy. They're Eddie Bauer socks, the official like line of old people clothes, and they feel so good on my feet. All I want to do is put them on my feet and curl up and sleep till spring, which in Wyoming doesn't come till around the 4th of July. Anyway, I wanted to give a shout out to the old man and see how awesome he was. Well, still talking about Christmas movies. So there was, you know, Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2 with Macaulay Culkin, right? And then if you look on Disney+, Plus, I think there's like three other Home Alone movies. You know, I actually have a Bachelor of Arts in Film Studies. You know, it's a completely worthless degree. All it does is enable you to think you're better than everyone around you who's watching a Disney movie. But at Christmas, I just watch the most awful Christmas movies because they just make me happy and eat junk food and lay around. So I was watching the Home Alone movies with my kids. The first two were fine, but we were watching those those uh, aftermarket bad ones. And I thought, what if they did a remake of Home Alone with Macaulay Culkin. I don't mean he makes a cameo. I mean, it's basically the Home Alone movie all over again, but with Macaulay Culkin, like, and he's 40. So he wakes up, or he doesn't wake up is the problem, and his wife and kids go off to France, and they leave him home alone. And it could be like a total fantasy fest for all guys. Because instead of like running around the house, eating popcorn, riding a sled, no, all he does is he sleeps and eats and watches movies. And that's all he would want. That's all most of us want. The family's in France dealing with France, and he's there in Chicago, and he's just relaxed in his house. He eats a ton of Uber food or whatever it's called where you get him to bring it to your house, and he lays there and he watches TV, and then some burglars do try to break in, but because he's a 40-year-old grumpy, you know, angry man like me, he has lots of guns. It's it's like not a threat. It's the icing on the cake of finally I can do something with this. You know, once once they've actually broken in, he's like, no, no, don't run. Come on in. You're in my house now. And he just holds the gun on him and calls the police because he's a grown man. And then the police take the burglars away and he holsters his weapon and then he goes and has, you know, a milkshake. 
and that I think is the fantasy film. That is, that is the true meaning of joy and comfort and love and happiness of Christmas for all people over 30, especially ones that are 40. Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin, I wish you well. I thank you for the memories. I hope everyone is having a good Christmas, whether you're holiday-centric person or someone who doesn't celebrate holidays. If children are in your lives, it is hard, and I hope you guys can make it through it. Hang in there.